back home again in Indiana And it seems that I can see the gleaming candlelight Still shining bright through the sycamores for me The new mown hay sends all its fragrance Through the fields I used to roam And when I dream about the moonlight on the Wabash Then I long for my Indiana home <laughs> Who's your daddy? Hello and welcome to The Jungle. My name is Adam and I'm joined by my co-host Jenna. And this is Who's Your Daddy, a podcast where we talk about our lives in Indiana, the Midwest in general, and everything in between. Jenna, how are you? I am very curious about today's topic. Oh man, I, I'm a little energized. Yeah? Yeah, well, a little bit. that's good. You should be. I, I feel good. This beer's kicking in. You're in my presence, you know. <laughs> that's true. And I like it over here and I'm <laughs> mad at my parents. Um, and so, yeah. My brother yeah. Got, brought his uh, PlayStation back. He went to Purdue and gra- grabbed stuff, and mm-hmm. um, that's all he's been doing. So I really haven't even talked to him in a while. What is he playing? I don't know. Oh, you don't know? No. He just sits in his room. <laughs> Whatever. I don't care. Uh, it's like we're all back home. It's, it's a recluse. Oh, my gosh. I'm sorry. I'm going to be a little burpy today. Is it the beer? Is it, it is the lactose beer? beer? So it's this lactose beer. So I'm drinking a uh, an Indiana beer. We're back on that. Um, it's from Maryville. It's called uh, the Devil's Trumpet. Devil's Trumpet Brewing Company, kind of weird. It's got a cool can. It's pretty good. It's an Indiana, Indi- not an Indiana <laughs> pale ale, an India pale ale, uh, but it's brewed with lactose. We were talking about that earlier. I really don't know what that means. I mean, I, I understand the words and that they put lactose in it, but I don't get why. Um, but it's really good, really smooth. It's tasty. It's called uh, Trying to Be Cool, and that's T-R-Y-N, the number two, no space, the letter B, and then just they spelled cool, <laughs> like, you know, the right way. <laughs> so. I'm not sure how else you would spell cool other than with a K. Maybe with a K, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. I don't know. An E at the end. Who knows? All right. Well, um, w- I forgot to prepare a trivia question last week. Mm-hmm. So t- you did. <laughs> so today I have two trivia questions. And we'll do one up top and then we'll do it. Th- oh, at the shit. End. Okay. Yeah, All so right. it's kind of fun. Lay so, it on so me, don't baby. Look. Don't look if you can I, see. I can't. I cannot see that. So, um. First trivia question here is, as of the 2010 census, what is the ninth most populous, ci- populous city in Indiana? And we're doing the ninth most populous city because this is our ninth episode. Ooh, ninth most. That's interesting. I'm going to go with uh, Carmel. Mm. Great fucking guess. Thank That's you. a really good guess. I think Carmel was eight. So this no, is as, are you yeah, serious? This is as of the 2010 uh, oh, census. Oh, that is so frustrating. So um, as of 2010, it's Fisher's. Which is right next to Carmel. Oh um, my God! So you know they're they're twins. Yeah, they're yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Very both like affluent cities. Yeah. Extremely. I was looking at the media income in Hamilton County versus uh, the average outside of all Indiana. Yeah. It's like twenty five thousand dollars more. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Um, which is you know I'm not gonna shit on somebody for doing all right and making one hundred twenty thousand yeah, dollars no, a year. I'm That's fine. I mean, it's not the end of the world, but. Um, it's just interesting how much it accumulates in one area. Right. Um, mm-hmm. So anyway, yeah, it's Fishers, but they've grown a ton in the last like 10 years. So a- yeah. after 2020, it'll, it won't be Fishers. They'll be higher. Um, Gary is ninth um, as of 2018 estimates. So interesting. That, yeah. that was my first Gary guess, is, but I was like, I'm not going to say it. Gary is losing people. I don't. Right. Unsurprisingly. Yeah. So Muncie and what was, there was one other. Terre Haute. <laughs> That's one, not surprising none of at those all. Are, none of those are surprising. Um, Sorry if you live there. No hate. Well, no. And I'm sure you, there's a lot to love. And hopefully we'll start, we'll cover some of those things. Well, yeah, for to sure. To love there. But it's, I mean, I, it's not you, the individuals, <laughs> that, that is making it a place that people don't want to live. I can almost guarantee yeah. that. Um, so anyway, today's episode, I haven't talked to you about it at all. No, and I have no idea. Um, we promised it would be a fun one. And it's a little fun. It's it's definitely more fun. I was thinking of ideas about what it could be, but yeah. Do you have a guess? Um, no. Yeah, okay. I just know what I hope it could be, but oh, what well, what is that? I don't know. Probably something about chickens. No, I nothing about chickens. <laughs> I don't think I could do a control F on here and see if there's any <laughs> if chickens. Any chicken thing, it's fine. It's a very. Niche I don't believe subject. there is. Um, no. Today we will be covering Peru, Indiana. Peru. Have oh, yeah. Peru yeah, because we've got a Peru and we've got a... Lima. Per- Do we have a Paris? No. Yeah, there's a Paris, maybe. Tennessee. There might be a Paris, Indiana. Um, Actually, I think there is. It's just interesting, though, because we have a few of those. Like, yeah, we've got some other... weird towns. Yeah. What's another one? Uh, it's like Rising I've been Sun. To, I've been <laughs> to Peru, I think. Very small. 
but yeah, Peru, um, Indiana, it's, it's right on the 24. You take 24 down and then 25 to get to Purdue from Fort Wayne. So that's where I've seen it. At first um, I thought you said Purdue. I was like, we already talked about Purdue. No, <laughs> Peru. Yes. Peru, not Purdue. Um, you know, it's a small town. It's only got about 12,000 people mm-hmm. in it. So it's not, it's not big. Um, it's right on the Wabash. So mm-hmm. and that splits the town into, into two sides on either side of the Wabash. And that's true of a lot of those little towns Interesting. on the Wabash. Um, which is kind of cool because it's right where the, you know, the Wabash Erie Canal was. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of those towns used to be a lot more vibrant than they are now. I mean, right. I mean, I can imagine actually the Wabash Erie Canal, they spent a lot of money and a lot of effort to build it. And then like 10 years later, they were like, oh yeah, we have railroads now <laughs> and we just don't need it as much. Do they so. not use it at all now? No, no, it's not, not, not anywhere there. No, that's insane. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's that. It, like I said, it's, it's not, um, that interesting in that regard. Um, it, so it's something I'm not going to mention in this episode, um, which if you're listening and you, if you have a knowledge of Indiana history or, or you're looking this stuff up um, to check me on it, to see if I'm right, go ahead and do that. That's fine. Um, I'm not going to really be talking about the history of the removal of native American people from this area, which is oh, okay. ingrained into the history of the area. Choice. It's, it's hard to separate, but I'm not going to talk about it because um I will talk about it on a later episode. We will cover that and oh, yeah. talk about it um, in much more detail. There's a lot that time. we could talk about that. Yes, yeah, there so. is a lot. So it was founded in 1834. Um, so not too far from the 200th anniversary. That'll be mm-hmm. kind of cool. Right? Did I do that math right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, some, some quick facts about Peru before we really get to the meat of it. Um, just some interesting little things that have happened here. This small town in Indiana, middle of Indiana. Um, 12,000 people. Um, John Dillinger, you know, famous mobster oh, of course guy. I know John Dillinger, yeah. Yeah, he robbed the Peru. Not personally. <laughs> yeah, I've he heard of him. him. <laughs> it's before my time a little I'm bit. 90. <laughs> oh. um, Catfished you. You got me really well <laughs> for like four months in person. <laughs> well, I don't even think that's catfish anymore. That's a whole new fish. You swordfish at me. <laughs> I don't know. know Swordfished. You said that like an 18th century scholar. I am. Well, that's what I am. She swordfished me. (laughs) Middle of the night. My betrothed. Just before dawn. (laughs) Um, So John Dillinger, uh, he robbed the Peru Police Department. John Dillinger. Which is kind of cool. I mean. I didn't have to say that. I don't know. Yeah, that was in 1933. Um, So do you know about D.B. Cooper? Uh, Yeah. Plane guy? Yeah, he he hijacked a plane. Yeah, that's a crazy story. Never found him. Don't know who he is. A lot of conspiracy theories and stuff. Real out there. OG. Yeah, the OG of it. Um, so <laughs> after he did that, a bunch of people copied, like, copycat hijackings. Oh, sure. Happened. Uh, yeah. And this one guy, um, what's his name? Martin McNally. He hijacked American Airlines Flight One Nineteen. Well, that does not have the same ring. T- I don't. Well, I know. I, I think know. he sounds like a like that's a good name, Martin McNally. I think he sounds like just a a Boston thug. I think he sounds like a fraudster, like check fraud and stuff. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. But anyway, this was in 1972, in the summer of 1972. Um, he did this. Um, it was a flight to like St. Louis to Boston or something like that. Well, it that was sounds o- fun. It, it was over the you know, middle America. Right. Um, and uh, he got a 500. Five hundred two thousand five hundred dollar ransom. Did I say that right? Yeah, five hundred two. Yeah, five hundred that. Five hundred. <laughs> it was five hundred thousand. Yeah. Dollars plus twenty five hundred dollars. Oh, okay. <laughs> Which back then did? I didn't do did the. You, okay. I didn't do that. But but it's just so specific. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's a, maybe I mean, back then it was. I, don't I, know. I just want to know. Did he ask for five hundred? And they were like, just give him. There's a little bit more there. Just give it to him. Or I don't was know. he like? Five hundred and two thousand five hundred dollars. Maybe he had a very specific debt that he had to pay off. Yeah, maybe. Like, this is what I need. So. Yeah, I don't know. Just weird. I thought that was weird. So uh, he got the ransom, and he jumped from the plane. Um, and the whole ransom was found in a mailbag um, by a farmer right outside of Peru in a soybean field. <laughs> he just found the whole ransom in in a bag and like the whole five hundred thousand dollars, and was like. Ooh. Thank you, soybeans. Yeah, he gave it he back. He finally came through. So good guy there. Aww. He didn't. He didn't just keep it. Although. I, I would have been like, well, there's like 10 grand missing, but I think it just like <laughs> fell into the dirt. So. Yeah, I don't know where it is. It's it's in the soybeans. My sheep ate it. Yeah. <laughs> You're out there with the poop. They will eat out. money if you sheep? give them a chance. Well, goats. I'm sure sheep are probably similar. Yeah, why not? <laughs> I don't know anything about either of them. So. Uh, I'm pretty sure Roxy ate a $5 bill once. And that Roxy is your goat. Yes. Yes, your tiny little goat. Tiny she little took it legs. out of my mom's pocket once and ate it. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. 
She's cool. Um, I like her. You owe me money, Roxy. <laughs> you owe me fiber with inflation. Um, yeah, and then a uh, different farmer found uh, the machine gun that he had with him. So how did he? He had his own parachute. Yeah, I guess so. I don't know, or maybe he just That's took one. Pretty impressive from the plane. Oh, I guess you could do that. Yeah. Yeah, I think back then they had that kind of stuff. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe they still do. I really don't know anything I have about no planes. Idea. I've only flown a few times. I doubt that they do, though. They don't give a shit about us. Well, they don't have they don't have them for us, no. <laughs> but they might have them for the pilot. And oh, stuff. maybe yeah. But I, they don't give a shit about them either. <laughs> That's a whole different they're thing. Like, here's your tiny seat flotation device. Fuck off. Yeah, they're like, hold the headrest or something. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking figure it out. Um, luckily, planes don't really crash that much. But anyway, those are just some f- silly things about Peru. But really, what I want to talk about about Peru, Indiana, is that it is circus city have you ever heard this no i haven't peru indiana has a long history of the circus really yes big national nationally acclaimed circuses that's fascinating but i will say that my opinion on circuses has changed a lot now that i'm older mine too and 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 we're not really going to get into that into like the animal cruelty and and the terrible worker conditions no we're not going to get into that because this is positive and i think if you have listened to another podcast of ours and even if you haven't um if you keep listening you'll find that we're very pro worker very uh supporting animal rights and like yeah or you know i was ready to bring the hammer down man yeah well (laughs) you took that away from me i didn't really get into it and it's okay my big source here which i'll i do think the circus has some merits on its own Regardless yeah, well, of like trapeze stuff and like that's not sure the, whatever. I mean, you're not hurting anybody yeah. there. That's just cool. And it's like um, fun for little kids and yeah. And I don't know. It, maybe there's a way to do some animals. Sure, that like a dog isn't bad. Yeah, I mean, they travel easily. Sure, they're easy to train. They don't care about. But like going an on exotic a car animal. Or, yeah, not like a lion hard. or a tiger. Yeah, or because an elephant. they are not that's, equipped for that. No. Thing. Yeah, d- domestic animals, I guess. Right. Even yeah. horses, like you could. Oh sure, a lot of a lot of circuses still do horse stuff. Yeah, so I'm fine with that. It's just like elephants and like lions and yeah, that's bears not okay. and shit. Yeah, you know, don't do that. Mm, that's not good. But anyway, um, I'm going to talk about this through the scope of one gentleman. His name is Benjamin E. Wallace because mm. everybody had a middle initial back then. Benny, very important. Yes, Benny Wallace. Oh, little Benny Wallace, <laughs> come back here. We Benny Wallace. What me doing accents now? William Wallace. <laughs> that was a bad Scottish um, accent. Was that Scottish? It was supposed to be like Braveheart, William Wallace. Isn't I, that his I, name? I don't, I've never seen Braveheart. Braveheart. Fuck. <laughs> no. That's uh, Mel Gibson, right? Yep. Yeah. Isn't Back he a racist? he was relevant. Isn't he like a bad dude? Uh, Yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't know. I've never met him, but I've heard things. <laughs> I've also never met. Uh, I've heard he's crazy. No. Um, is he Scientology? Probably. I don't know. Oh, my gosh. I'm I really don't crazy. know. Okay. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> this beer is making okay? me okay? I'll survive. Um, so Benjamin Wallace, uh, he served in the Union Army in the Civil War. That's oh. pretty nice. Good for you, buddy. Um, and he came back to Peru, Indiana, and he was only 21 years old. Um, and he eventually became the Circus King. Ooh. Yeah. So or at least that's what he was dubbed as. Uh, so the first show was in 1884. And <laughs> this is so good. Um uh, it was called Wallace and Company's Great World Menageries and International Circus Show. <laughs> you like, couldn't think of anything shorter. They were, they were like, make it long. It's got to be long. Everything now has also, to be long. Probably with like uh, low literacy rates, if you just threw a bunch of big words into it, people were like, ooh, fancy. That's interesting. I, I'd be interested to see some data on what literacy rates were in, in Indiana I, in the 1880s. I really don't know, but I would bet that they weren't amazing. I don't know. I don't know. And it's just it's just so long. Wallace and Company's Great World Menageries and International Circus Show. I do like the word menagerie, though. It's, it comes up a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I have edited out some of the menageries because <laughs> I was like, there's too many menageries. Uh, <laughs> it's just fun to say, though. It is. Um, so that's forever. Uh, so they did these shows in 1884, and they went really well, and everybody liked them. So mm-hmm. they, they started to tour um, that year. They went to Indiana, Kentucky, Virginia. Um Took it all over and did shows and everything like that. Went well. But in the winter, they couldn't travel. Mm-hmm. So they um, stayed in Peru. They housed animals and repaired things and all that. They did that. All, um, did all of that in Peru. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was the first year that Ringling Brothers 
did it too in 1884 and Buffalo Bill's uh, Wild West show. Oh, interesting. So those are the two that you might have heard of. Yeah, absolutely. I, like I had, I've heard of those, but I have not heard of Wallace and Company's Great World Menagerie's <laughs> International Circus Show. No, I think uh, I'd remember if I heard that. Yeah, but the other two you've probably heard of. They lasted a little bit longer than, than this one. But um, the Wallace, his show was just as big, if not bigger at some point. Really? Yeah, just as big. Um, so this was huge. And um, yeah, in the winter, they stayed in Peru. Which is pretty cool. So, uh, in the first couple of years, they just traveled with horses and wagons. It's 1880s. It's kind of how you think. Wow. But even then, you think, that's crazy. Yeah. Moving all that shit. That would take forever. Oh, my God. I know. It's just nuts. And just, like, the the mess that they probably left behind. Yeah. Like, yeah. God. Horse and, uh, poop yeah, and all that. Just trying to take a nap. Jesus. <laughs> God, that would suck. Yeah. Um, Complain about a car now. Ooh. Yeah. But um, so in 1886, just two years later, um, they started traveling on rail. Okay. And how many railroad cars do you think they used for these great Wallace shows? Ooh, I'm going to say 15. Whoa, you got it right. Are you serious? <laughs> yes, oh, 15. fuck yeah. <laughs> 15. Sorry about your ears, everybody. I'm sorry. I was excited. But uh, yeah, 15 railroad cars, which is a lot. They yeah. were smaller back then, but still. Oh, they were. Okay. Yeah, and they had each one had this like the Great Wallace shows painted on the side. That would have been stuff. so cool to see. Though. It would be cool to see. You think about like a little kid. You're like in oh, the yeah, summer, you're absolutely. fishing or whatever with your stick and Back your string. Back when trains string. were even more cool. Yeah, and like, know. how cool would it be to get your hand on some of that wood now oh, and repurpose it oh, and use man. it? I wonder That'd if it's really still neat. around. Um, I mean, it's probably, probably sitting in somebody's bit. barn. Yeah, <laughs> probably. Yeah, you can find that stuff. And it is. It is worth a lot. People repurpose it and make like dining room tables and picture frames or that would just be wall amazing. displays. Yeah. People make money doing that. Um, so, yeah, the show grew, got big, um, and eventually they, they needed 40 railroad cars. So this got really big. 40. 40. So I don't know how Again, many you were, can have on one smaller. train. Yeah, so back then you could have anywhere from like 35 to 50. On one train. Yeah, and it would go like 40 miles an hour. Whoa. Which is, I mean, compared to a, a horse and wagon, that's like lightning. You're like, what the? Yeah. <laughs> we can do anything. Yeah. <laughs> but um, so, yeah, it, it got really big. Um, and so he decided to, to build a much more permanent and like larger compound for the wintering thing process right. in Peru. Yeah, you'd have to. Yeah. So in 1892, so that's like six years later, uh, he bought 220 acres of land, which is a fuck ton of Damn. land. Damn. Yeah, um, and and ended up buying even more. But uh, he bought it from. So this is the only time I'm going to mention the Native American stuff. But um, he bought it from Gabriel Godfrey, who was the son of Francis Godfrey, who was the last Miami uh, Indian war chief in the area. Aww, and it kind of cool. signified the end of their. I don't want to say ownership because I think I don't. I don't want to speak for Native Americans because I'm not a Native American and I don't really know. Mm -hmm. But I be believe part of their idea and ideology was that no one owns the land. Like mm -hmm. land is everybody's, which is a much better way to live, if you ask me. Oh yeah. Um. So that just kind of, as far as I can tell, kind of signified an end of that in the area, which Aww. is which is kind of sad. Yeah, it but is. um. Yeah, like I said, we'll cover more of that stuff in another episode maybe mm -hmm. even a series of episodes because there's a lot oh there's yeah a lot there we could do a ton yeah uh maybe we'll get more specific who knows that'll work its way um out i don't know what i'm saying <laughs> well i'll figure it out when I'm i looking knew into what it. you meant but <laughs> i was just gonna let you finish oh don't judge me listeners um or go ahead judge me who cares um so yeah he built this giant compound um <laughs> it had an entire barn a full barn one whole barn, mm -hmm. a unit, a barn, one barn, yeah. entirely dedicated to circus cats. <laughs> not lions, not tigers, cats. Kitty cats? <laughs> Kitty cats. No. Barn of cats. That would be my dream. <laughs> Cat barn. <laughs> You're like, don't go in there. Just all these very flamboyant, <laughs> talented cats. Hello. <laughs> not like this piece of shit that lives in my apartment. <laughs> like, I can eat fish. Off the end of a spear. <laughs> okay, weird. They can like do flips and shit. And they can know. speak too. God, can you imagine the smell though? Ugh, but that smelled like shit. Because they probably didn't have litter boxes. I don't know what they did. Maybe just sand. Yeah, who knows? Uh, but it also had a foundry, a carpenter shop, a wagon shed, all kinds of buildings. Wow. Yeah, tons of stuff. And all these buildings were painted yellow, which I think is kind of cool. I don't know if any of them still stand today. Do you have pictures? I don't, um, but I can show you pictures, and uh, you guys can look up the source. I uh, don't have it. He, 
right in front of me, but it's down further. And I, I'll, I'll say the source later, but, um, and they're all black and white, of course. But, mm-hmm. um, if you guys are in the area and you, if you know, um, if any of these yellow like farm buildings still exist, let us know. I'd be really interested in, in Take traveling and seeing those. Yeah. yeah that'd, that'd be, be amazing. Cool. Don't need to go into them or anything. Just look at them. Yeah. Um, so he kept buying land. Um, and then he had like a two mile square mile area of land. He, he had a lot. Wow. Um, and it was used to house animals and fix cars and do all this stuff. And also to like farm so they could feed the animals. So people smart. were there in the summer while they were touring, farming the land. Like these were huge operations. That's very smart. Pretty cool. Um, now we have to pause. Okay. For an elephant story. Oh, is it happy? It's interesting. Mm, okay. Elephants come up a few times. <laughs> we have three elephant stories. So um, this is mid 1890s at this point. Um, it's been going on for about 10 years. Uh, he had eight elephants, four females and four males. The fact that you could even acquire an elephant back then is insane. Yeah, I, I, like and ship it. Yeah, and ship <laughs> like, like. Were there companies that were like we specialize in elephant? I'm shipping. sure there were, but <laughs> we pack them up in bubble wrap. To get eight, he must have had a lot of money. Yeah, this dude, uh, I think he did pretty well for himself. Um, so they rented out the females when they weren't using them or whatever. I don't really get the logistics there, but they gave them to other shows so they could use them. Aww. But one of them came back early one year when the four males were already there and these four dudes were all like who didn't usually weren't usually around yeah the the female were like i want that ass oh of course (laughs) like get that big old gray booty Uh, (laughs) oh shit and so they started they started fighting and going crazy yeah female and like one like busted through a wall and like (laughs) they all got fucked up they all got hurt. Oh my and, god, and that's terrifying! I will, from this book that I'm reading, uh, that I got this stuff from, uh, I'll quote it here: "Quote: They all took a beating that day, although none won her affection." <laughs> I just love that she's like, <laughs> "Fuck you! <laughs> you guys are stupid." I don't need you. I'm an elephant. <laughs> I do think that elephants would be sassy like that. I do too, because they're smart. Yeah, they're like, I know, I know what they're trying you guys to do. Are stupid. And I'm not giving in. Um. So the turn of the century, uh, they're traveling by rail at this point. Um, and in 1903, there was this really, really bad train crash um, in Michigan when they were traveling, when they were touring. And 24 of the employees of the circus died <gasps> in the crash. Like, it was really bad. Oh, no. And apparently this was, like, for the next 40, 50 years, this was something that happened occasionally. Like, for, they on, just for crashed? Services. Yeah, for, I mean, train crashes happened a lot more back then, period. But apparently it seemed ha- to really plague uh, circus things probably just because they traveled more right but i guess i just don't know how a train crash occurs um poor communication switching rails that kind of stuff but yeah it was really bad um yeah we just think about how nice travel is now yeah (laughs) ticket for granted we're very lucky that kind of shit happened um so here's a, a funny story here um up to this point uh wallace benny wallace um, he was using the Peru National Bank, just the local bank, to uh, do his business and, and all that kind of stuff. But uh, they got into an argument um, when the bank was basically like, we don't really want to accept your business anymore if you're going to keep sending us barrels of nickels marked as nails and making us count them. <laughs> <laughs> so he would get all the the money like that he collected from the shows and it'd be a nickel to get in or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and they'd, they'd put him in a barrel. They'd stamp it. And you're like, this is nails, not money. Nobody looking here. They'd send it to the <laughs> bank and they'd open it up and they'd be like, what the fuck? There's like 25,000 nickels in here. Imagine how many people they had to get at the bank to be like, all right, let's count this. Oh my God. And it's like the 18, like early 1900s. Fuck. They're like, God, okay. We, fuck dude, this guy. You can't keep sending us barrels and nickels. And also how many times does that have to happen before you say something? Cause I know. Because like half a time I would have been like, nope yeah <laughs> we're not doing the this. first time yeah so this tells you how how um how wealthy this dude was he was kind of like well fuck you and then he started his own bank i'm swimming in nickels yeah he just started his own bank he was like i'll just make my own bank it's called the wall it was was called the wabash valley trust company um and it was Gee. in years for like or in business for almost a, a century it was in wow. business for a long time um which is just crazy to run a circus and send barrels <laughs> of nickels to people, and then right. they won't count them. Be like, fine, I'll just start my own nickel counting bank. I wonder <laughs> if specialize in. Nickels. I wonder if, if other uh, circuses were like, well, we're having the same problem. 
They would, it would know, have to be the same exact thing. I, I know it's our competition, but we'll just use him because they can count the nickels. <laughs> <laughs> had a bunch uh, of, they had a bunch of like trained monkeys to count the nickels. It's just wild. Um, so it's 1907. Wallace is getting old. Um, and he's thinking about selling the circle. <laughs> selling the circle. <laughs> what about the Circles square? Circles for sale. <laughs> no other shapes. Um, <laughs> so he's considering selling the circus, and he and he does put it up for sale. But um, it's uh, up for sale for just a few weeks, and instead of selling the circus, he ends up buying the Carl Hagenbeck Circus. So he was what? thinking about getting out of the game, but a, a deal came across, and he stuck with it, I guess. Um and then <laughs> Fuck this, it, I'm just gonna buy another one. Yeah, and this guy ended up suing um Wallace saying that it was sold without his knowledge and that he didn't approve of it and that what? they didn't actually buy the Hagenbeck name, just the you know, the assets and it all kinda went in Wallace's oh. favor. So I I don't know anything else about that, but hmm. somewhat interesting. So it's huge at this point. Yeah. This massive is <laughs> this massive man, I can't talk. It's a massive circle. This circus is massive. It took three thirty car trains to move it around Holy and tour it. Holy shit. Yeah. So I think around this time too, the Ringling Brothers and the um what's the other one? Buffalo Bill? No. There's another circus. Barnum and Bailey? Barnum Barnum and Bailey, yeah. Yeah. So they bought one of them bought the other one at this mm-hmm. point too, yeah. but they didn't merge and like start traveling together until like 1919, 1920. Oh, okay. So this was the biggest, this was huge. I mean, the biggest thing ever. And yeah, and in the winter, it was all right here in little town, Peru, Indiana. How, How many have times I never heard of this? Have people, you know, gone through there or driven past there? And oh, you know, yeah. I don't know, but it's kind of cool. Um, so now we have to take a break. Okay. For elephant fight number two. Ooh. <laughs> so, um, they're building all these new buildings and doing all this stuff for all the new shit that they, they got from this other circus, which was also a fairly good-sized circus. Um, you know, a fairly good-sized circus. You guys all know what that means. That's something that we encounter in our imagination. daily lives. Yeah. Um, so they, this circus had 16 elephants. And they were bringing them there. Why do you need that many? <laughs> That's a Why? Lot. It's a lot of elephants. Um, and when they brought them, a fight broke out and everybody, like, they, it damaged a bunch of property and the elephants got all hurt. <laughs> well, of course <laughs> they sad would for fight. the elephants. But yeah, you're yeah. like, no shit, they'd fight. It, it is sad, but it's just like elephant fights were also a problem. And in How the do you feed the, 16 elephants? It's the early 20th century. And you're like, what problems are some people having? And you're like, elephant fights? And you're like, oh, where? What country? And you're like, America? Oh, what, <laughs> what state? Indiana. Yeah, there's elephant fights in Indiana. A lot of them. <laughs> you're just a soybean farmer and you look over and there's just like, a fucking elephant. We'll, we'll get to that. Duking it out. Yeah, you're like, um, what the fuck? <laughs> well, I'll be. Well, I, hey, little Betty, Betty, come here. <laughs> fuck that elephant's forking the other elephant. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, uh, when this, when they after they merged and everything, when the circus was set up, it, it's basically a small city. Yeah. I mean, it's massive. Yeah. Tons and tons of tents. So the biggest tent was 500 feet long. That's Whoa. huge. We're talking like 1910, a 500 foot long tent. That'd be crazy. I'd give somebody a quarter to go see that back then. <laughs> <laughs> a whole quarter. Um, and then another one was 400 feet, lo- feet long. And they, I mean, that was the menagerie tent. Menagerie. What happened in that tent? Menageries. Um and then they had tents for like dining and wardrobes and dressing rooms and I mean like side shows everything, everything little cat shows the Aww. what are those little the little bugs that jump or whatever and you can train them, uh, you like, know what I'm talking like about like a flea show yeah flea shows yeah okay. all this shit I mean they had all this stuff um <coughs> over a thousand people worked on the circus <coughs> as Jenna as Jenna is dying <laughs> Jenna's coffin sorry I inhaled some of my spit she's Levi coffin um. That was good. Uh, that was a good one. <laughs> so yeah, over a thousand people worked uh, at these shows. Like that's huge amount. That of people. is massive. They traveled every day, like set up, do the shows, pack up, get on the train every day. Well, I mean, How? they had days in between sometimes when they were traveling, right. but You'd like have to. But they could set it up, do it, and tear it down all in a day. That's nuts. That is insane. It's actually, it, they were so good at it and so efficient, and these operations were so big and difficult that the U.S. Army studied them. So they could learn better strategies That's for traveling and, and doing these large operations quickly. And then they were like, how do we get more guys in a tank? Well, let's go look at the clown car. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, it turns out it just needs to be bigger. <laughs> You're like, they don't tell you this. It's just bigger inside. 
they took out the seats. I wish I had That's like a so little funny. sound effect for the. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But isn't that crazy that there's like probably military stuff that still exists that you're like, yeah, I mean, we have, we got this from the circus. Yeah. <laughs> the little circus from Peru, Indiana. That's God, wild. That's incredible. That's very cool. Um, so yeah, the winter quarters were in Purdue. Mm-hmm. Keep talking about that. We'll talk about Peru. it a little bit more. Peru. Did I say Purdue? Mm-hmm. No, I said Peru. No, you said Purdue. <laughs> we'll never know. It's okay. Um, we're not recording, are we? Oh, shit. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so the, the, you might not think about that, but there, it's like really important that they had a place to go and do all this stuff. So, yeah. I mean, you're on the road, you're on the rail in 19 fucking 12, shit gets broken, beat up, <laughs> yeah. all this stuff. Um, your wardrobes are getting tethered or tattered or whatever it is. Tattered. Tattered, yeah, no, all of them. Yeah, all three of those. Oh, I have to burp. <laughs> Um, so that's when they came back for the winter. That's when all that stuff was done. The repairs, the sewing things, animals right. yeah. were, I don't know, fed, bred. I don't know all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a 24 operation, 24, man, a 24 hour operation. I mean, people work there all the time in, in the winter. Um, and I wow. think a lot in the summer too, cause you have to, you know, get those fields ready and probably even more so in the summer, uh, get all the food ready I for don't the, know, but yeah. for the, um, for the animals. So it's a big, big deal. Um, kind of a big deal. So this is all. Let me as well throw this in as good a time as any. Um, this is all from the book. It's called Peru Circus Capital of the World. Uh, it's by Craig A. Adkins, and Craig is spelled K R E I G. I hope it's Craig. It might be Craig. I don't know. Ooh, but um, Craig. I can only find part of this book online. Um, so that's why we're looking through the lens of Benjamin. We could Wallace. buy it. May, and I might, but it is at the library. We just can't go right now. But um could donate some money to us yeah if you want to give me 22 dollars to buy this book maybe we'll go further <laughs> on, on the peru circus stuff because there is a middle part here from like 1925 to 1960 that I, I just don't i couldn't find oh like this was the the good source i think um anyway i'll read this little snippet from the book because i thought this was interesting um Quote, the winter quarters had more than 30 barns, sheds, and shelters built for every purpose and animal imaginable. Building number five was for ostriches and giraffes. Oh number God. eight. <laughs> number the eight. long necks. The long necks. It's a tall building. Um, number eight was for camels, tigan- camels, tigers, lions, and a harness shop. They were building. Why did they put those together? I, that's exactly what I thought when I said <laughs> those that. Poor I was camels. like, camels, lions, and tigers. I would have separated those three. Yeah. <laughs> those seem like. A poor decision to, to place together. And then harnesses. I might just put the lions in their own building. <laughs> yeah, or at least the tigers. Yeah. Um, there were buildings for all the equipment and uh, rigging, watershed or wagon sheds, and a wagon repair shop. Building number 23 housed a paint shop, a club room, a hospital, and even a barber shop. What? So this was a, a small city within the it city of Peru. It really was. Really interesting. Um, and like, honestly, I mean, like, you probably could have sold tickets to come check this out. Uh, yeah. If they were smart, they yeah, could have done that. Like, this but. is crazy. Um, so we fast forward to 1913, um, and if you are a fan of Indiana history or even American history, this was a pretty big deal, the 1913 flood. Have you ever, you ever heard about uh, that? I think so, a yeah, little bit. I'm sure you have in passing. What is it, third grade that we do Indiana history? In oh, I, yeah. When I we were know. in school? I don't know if that's still how it is. Um, but yeah, that I mean, that was a huge thing, and maybe we could do an episode on that, actually. Yeah. Um, I mean, it affected a lot of northern Indiana and the Midwest, and it was bad. Um, a bad flood and you know who knows it's 2020 we'll probably have that happen this year there's Any, locusts, i mean at this point yellowstone's probably gonna go off but this is positive we're talking positive yep. here well this mm-hmm. this isn't positive this is sad um 75 75 people and all of the animals were stranded at this winter operation system oh, headquarters no. thing at this point um and they really had no way of communicating with them it's 1913 they couldn't yeah. really do anything um so I, I imagine there was a lot of stress in, in these moments or these couple of days. Um, they were able to go and release the elephants because they chained them to the floor. There's another sad, God, sad realization. Gonna it's, break my it's heart. Very sad. Um, and one of the elephants, her name was Nellie, which is a great oh, elephant Nelly. name. If you ask me, Nellie the elephant. Um, she carried the handler who went in to release them. She carried him back to his like brick house lodging area. And um, some of the other ones we followed. We don't deserve them. I know, we don't. And some of the other ones followed. I, I, I mean, they were probably scared and didn't know what was going on. Yeah. And um, at this point, it, the flood was like a couple feet high. Like, it was really bad. And um, they didn't really know what to do, and they didn't really have any choices. And so they 
stayed inside and the elephants tried to like come into the house and they couldn't and they drowned and got washed away and it's really sad the elephants drowned yeah it was bad this flood was huge all of them uh, I don't know if all of them died, but they found like eight bodies. That's so fucking sad. It's so sad. And it's also crazy because you think about like a week. Some of them like they were like they just got washed down the river. So you're like, how like, big <laughs> does this flood have to be? It was huge. For a fucking elephant. Huge. And you think about the, these things are right on the Wabash. And if you don't, if you guys know anything about the geology of the Wabash, it has some high banks in some areas. Um, oh, my God. That is, I, I'm, so I'm going to cry. It's very sad. Um, but can you imagine just being like, is that a dead elephant? Like a few weeks later, it'd be like, where the fuck did that come from? The vultures were like, are you guys punking us yeah, right now? you're like 10 minutes or 10 miles down the river. You're like, what the fuck? <laughs> That'd be crazy. Um, so it's really sad. Really sad. Um, on the bright Extremely. side, most of the horses survived. So that's good. I don't know why they were more able to survive. I don't know. I mean, maybe they can swim, horses can swim. Yeah. Maybe just elephants didn't, they couldn't figure it out or they got washed away. Who knows? Yeah, I don't know. Well, then you work with like, currents and a flood with buildings, all that shit. It's, I guess it's probably pretty wild. Um, they also found three camels and three lions alive, which oh. means that they were just around for a while, <laughs> swimming around in the Those water. Lions were probably living. pissed. And then, can you imagine again if you're you like you just live in Peru and you're like. There's a lion outside, guys. Their neighbors <laughs> probably hated them. You're like, what? And you're like, there's a fucking lion out there. <laughs> and he's wet and he's angry. Yeah, it's nuts. You're like a lion. You're like a lion. <laughs> like a legit, a legit lion. <laughs> you're lying. Like a big fucking lion. A lion? No, you're lying. You're like, no, I'm not lying. There's a lion. <laughs> you're like, where's a lion? He's a lion. <laughs> Sir, that's a camel. <laughs> you're like, yeah, that is a camel, but that's a lion. <laughs> no, you're a lion. <laughs> oh, this, that. That was an actual transcript of a conversation that was had. Uh, but uh, there's the brightest side of all of this. Mr. Um, Bryce. Maybe the only thing that came, uh, the good thing to come from the 1913 flood. And that's that one animal was completely fine. Totally cool. Didn't even seem to mind it. Maybe even seemed to enjoy it. And that was Big George the Hippo. <laughs> Fuck yeah. It's Big George. Everyone shits on Big George, but it's his time to shine. I know. Everyone's like, oh, the hippo, I don't know, kind of a letdown. And, but now Big George emerges from the river. <laughs> He's like, hello. <laughs> I am fine. <laughs> He's like, I found 14 watermelons <laughs> and I ate them all. It's like um, a true come up story. It's so good. I love Big George. Um, again, from the book here, I'll quote it. He, quote, emerged from the river with a big smile as if he had been on vacation. <laughs> He's like, fuck yeah. They should have just let him go. I live for this Can shit. Can you imagine if we, if Indiana had some weird, you're like, yeah, there's like 12 hippos in middle Indiana that yeah, live in the Wabash. Like, um, it's just weird. Pablo Escobar. What? At uh, Pablo Escobar's house in Colombia, they he let his hippos loose and they're still there. That's right. I, d- I did know that. Because didn't one like live in the pool for a while? I think so, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I just loved that. I love Big I George. I absolutely loved Big George. Um, so that kind of came to the end. I think that Wallace probably took that hard. And at this point, he's like in his late 60s, early 70s. He's getting, oh, he's getting yeah. up there. So a few months later, he sold the circus um, to a group of investors in southern Indiana. Um, and from then on, you know, the circuses came and went from Peru, Indiana. Some of them would house. He'd rent out the housing quarters or something. I think he sold it eventually. And it would change hands and people mm-hmm. would come and go. Um but as far as I can tell, that, again, I don't know because the book just what, ended. What happened to Big George? I don't know what happened to Big George. But um, there's more to this history uh, of the circus in Peru, I think. But this kind of started the end, started the decline. Well, yeah, would kind of have to. Yes, probably started the decline of a lot of things around oh, the region. I'm sure. Um, but now we go to the future. Hmm? Which is very interesting. So I got a little thing here that I will read from. Future? The, not the, well, the future from there. Oh. <laughs> so this is still the past to us. <laughs> um, so this is from the Northern Indiana Community Foundation, um, where giving grows. Dun, 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 dun. Okay. That was um, a fart noise. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is actually about the Circus City Festival uh, Scholarship Fund, but it gives a little brief history here that I thought hmm. was well written, and I can just read it from here. Um so this is, yeah, from the Northern Indiana Community Foundation. 
Nowhere else in the country is a professional circus performer a perfectly normal, acceptable career goal. Fortunately, Peru, Indiana is no normal town, but an incredibly unique one. Peru is a circus town. <laughs> it's so cute. It's adorable. It's very cute. Um, from the late... From the late 1800s through the 1930s, Peru served as the winter quarters for various circus, circuses and performers, or performers around the world, including American Circus, circus Corporation, John Robinson Shows, Great Wallace Shows, Clyde Beatty, and Emmett Kelly. Unfortunate, unfortunately, a devastating fire one winter destroyed a large amount of equipment stored there. When the remaining equipment was bought by Ringling Brothers and moved out of the area, Purdue's, per, I said Purdue, Peru's circus days seemed to be over. During the 1950s, a group of retired performers who had remained in the area banded together to reawaken their circus heritage. The Peru Circus was created in 1959, and the Circus City Festival followed shortly after in, eight, in 1960. The Peru Circus was a youth circus trained by retired performers, which took place in a small tent by the tennis courts, which is just cute, by the tennis courts. It's adorable. You know, like, this is you know, 12,000 people here. We have four tennis courts. It's those ones. Um, eventually, the circus outgrew the location and was moved to an old lumber yard in 1986 where the current building was built. Today, the Peru Circus is the largest amateur circus in the world with approximately 225 performers between the ages of 7 and 21. These performers put on a variety of acts, including the high wire, flying trapeze, uh, teeterboard, and others. A 60-piece instrumental ensemble performs throughout the approximately three-hour-long event. Although the performers are amateurs, they are highly skilled individuals. Um, many are trained by professional performers, and some even go on to perform professionally themselves. Many families in the community boast about having three or four generations of circus performers. Um, one of the board members, his name is Kurt Krauskopf, which is a great name. Um, he's been involved in the circus, or Peru Circus since he was six years old. So a year early. That's he cool. Fudge the numbers. Um, his father was instrumental in the founding of the circus and he performed as an adult clown. And then Kurt perf himself performed as a clown until he was 21. Um, quote, when the excitement of the circus gets in your blood, you just want to do it. Kurt says the same phrase was echoed by Sandy Ploss, one of the producers of the producer per Purdue Peru circus. Uh, quote, it's true. You just get circus in your blood, which be careful out there. <laughs> Can you test for that? I would say that, you know, I support this, but uh, don't put it in your blood. <laughs> Keep everything but blood from your blood. <laughs> I would maybe Public that. Public service announcement. Yeah, just put blood in blood and nothing else. Um, even with the immense enthusiasm of its coordinators and the talented performers, their Peru circus would not be possible without the generosity of its donors, blah, 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 blah. Um, eventually, in 1998, a resident of Miami County passed away and gave a, a big sum of money um, to provide scholarships for um, the people who perform in the circus. Wow. And uh, they have given over, um, they've given just under half a million dollars since it started, which is just crazy. Imagine getting a scholarship for that. That's yeah. such a neat achievement. These things that, you know, this little town in Indiana. They make should make it. a movie about all that. Well, interestingly enough, there is a movie about that takes place in Peru, Indiana. What? It's, uh, it's what's his name? S Sid something? Sig? Sig Sigmund Freud? No, no. No. That's obviously what not related. Yeah, no. Um, I don't know. You can look it up, but there is. is the, are you talking about the Tiger guys? No, no, no okay. No, no. Um, Siegfried and Roy. That's who I was thinking of. That's who I meant to say, not Sigmund Freud. Yeah, I, I knew what you meant. One of those guys just died. Hmm. But you know, that's unrelated. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, and now Peru is home to the International Circus Hall of Fame. Um, and they have that. We, we need to see that. Yeah. And so part of, I should say this, I, I probably should have said this up front, but the reason I knew about this and like wanted to look into it more mm -hmm. was because one year in college when I went to Purdue and I was coming back home, I was, I don't know, I was in bad, bad mood or I don't know what I was doing, but I was just like, I'm going to take the back roads. I'm not going to take 25 mm -hmm. and 24. I'm going to take some of the other ones, old 24 road or whatever. And I started seeing these signs, like the little Indiana green and brown like landmark signs and uh -huh. stuff like governmental signs and it was like circus hall of fame i was like what circus hall did of you fame? go well I, I, I would i didn't know where i was and i think maybe my phone had died or something and so i was just like trying to follow the signs and figure out where i was and find more about it and i could never find it and i forgot about it until uh, you know a couple of days ago we have um, to go yeah we're definitely gonna go um it's probably gonna be canceled this year or Maybe they'll have it, but we're not going to go. Um, I mean, eventually. But we, we will, will go there, to this. Yeah. yeah. And how, I mean, just cool. Just a, a neat thing. That's incredible. Um, Peru is a home. So this is just some uh, two little other interesting things. Um, they're ho home to the um, only manufacturer of the of Calliopes. Do you know what? 
That oh, is. I used to know that name sounds so familiar. It's like the steam whistle instrument. Yeah. You kind of do do do. You know, something like that. It's really cool. Yeah. They're really neat. Uh, and they're totally old circusy kind of old timey. Oh, coolness. absolutely. Um, yeah. The only place that makes them is right there in Peru. Probably make like twelve a year. I mean, I can't imagine <laughs> there's a high demand, but they're really neat. No. Um, uh, and then one random thing, but I, I had to mention it because it was just too weird. Um, Lay it on me. Maria Rasputin, who is daughter, uh, the daughter of Gregory yeah. Res- Rasputin. Uh, I know that guy. Yeah, she performed um, with the Ringling Brothers Circus, and um, when they were w- wintered in Peru one year, uh, she was mauled by a bear. <laughs> What? <laughs> yeah. That is like familial bad luck. Yeah. Like he had terrible luck. She th- that family must be cursed. Yeah, but or she, maybe she, she was being an asshole to that she, bear and she, she deserved did, it. She did survive, but she got mauled by a she bear. She was fucking around with it, poking it with a stick okay, or something. Okay, guys, just in case you wanted a fun fact about, you're like, where are you from? And you're like, I'm from Indiana, and they're like, what's a fun fact about Indiana? You can be like, you know, Rasputin, and they're like, yeah, I've heard of Rasputin. And you're like, well, his daughter got mauled by a bear in Peru. <laughs> and you're like. What does that have to do with Indiana? And you're like, no, Peru, Indiana. <laughs> was the bear okay? Oh, yeah, probably. I mean, I don't. A bear probably is okay. Yeah. So he's like, this is for all of Russia. <laughs> that is part of, and probably a large. <laughs> I was lar- waiting for you to laugh. <laughs> it was funny. Uh, probably a large chunk of what is Circus City, Peru, <laughs> Indiana. <laughs> so me and my brother, that little te- theme. Mm-hmm. What we used to do is. Uh, it, that theme is great and it's funny. It's a funny thing. Yeah, it's great. So when something was spinning, whenever we, if we were like we were driving in the car, this was when we were like in middle school, mm-hmm. and something was spinning, like a propeller or a, anything it, that we saw, yeah, and it was spinning. We would do that theme, that little sound. Yeah, but it varied based on the size and speed that it was spinning. Oh, so like, something that was very small and spinning very fast would be like. <laughs> and then something that was like big and slow oh, would be like da, 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 da. <laughs> and we did that for like 10 years <laughs> that is perfect um so that's just a random story there but uh yeah so that's the story it's at least part of the story of peru indiana i am blown away first because i had never heard of this and second because you did such a good job researching no oh, thank you and i, I feel like day. i learned so much well, yes, it's You're a from good one book that I read yesterday and then summarized good job. today. Good job synthesizing. Thank you. Um, a plus. So, yeah. Thank you guys for listening. Um, Shout out to Big George if you're listening. What's up? Yeah, give us a Big George the Hippo hashtag. Um, you can check us out on uh, you know Spotify, Apple Podcast, not, not Stitcher. <laughs> we're not, oh, I, not, I, I not what we've been telling everyone? I don't think we're on Stitcher, but uh, it seems like people like Podcast Addict. Addict? Addict? Addict. addict. It's so hard to say. A dick? No. No, no, no. no addict. addict. Um, which I, I I don't have a, an Android, but it did, did look like a nice app. So um, we're on Anchor. You know, find us wherever you can find us. Um, you can check out our website. It's HoosierDaddyPod.com. Uh, this will be up there. I think uh, in the next couple of days, I'm going to write the first blog post. Ooh. So keep an eye out for that. And that's probably, th- those might not always be Indiana related. Um, they're just going to be things that me and Jenna want to write about. Yeah. And maybe other people too. Um, I, I just think more of a things that we enjoy and are interested in writing about probably more for us than anybody else. But if you're interested in, in our thoughts about something or, or yeah. even hearing, I don't know, a short story or something, I don't know. We can do whatever we want with it. Yeah. I was thinking about, um, I've been listening to Josh Ritter's, um, album, um, the golden years. Is that it? Yeah, I think so. I don't know. <laughs> um, I've been listening to it a lot lately and I thought I might write a review of that song because I think, and this was reminding me of it. Because I, you know, I don't want to give it away. But okay. if you're interested in that, um, maybe go read it um, if I end up writing it. But we will be writing stuff. Don't and forget about it Twitter. There. Oh, yeah. And uh, we're Who's Daddy, at Who's Daddy on Twitter. That's H-O-O-S Daddy. Um, yeah, follow us there and check us out and do all that good stuff. Um, tell a friend about the show, whatever. Let's get to the trivia question. All right, let's get <laughs> so, to it. Obviously, we did one already, but here's the second one. So this one is quick and dirty. This is easy well it's not necessarily easy to get the I'm answer correctly now. but it's it's very basic um how many professional sports teams play their home games in indiana oh no so this is professional this is, so this isn't just i know, you know but top level professional it's minor league and all that kind of stuff too oh so this is everything it was professional though minor league is professional yeah 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 that's what i thought okay um but it's not like college or 
club. Can I have like a range or a hint or anything? No, you cannot. Um, okay, well, I'm going to guess. Mm, I'm going to say 120. Who's your daddy? Everybody loves the best And I'm no different From the rest I love my home Sweet home I've done a lot of dreaming But the day When I'll be going back To my home Sweet home I'm gonna pack a bag and hop a train and then for home sweet home i'm gonna set out cause i've got the blues i've got the blues that just won't get out i've gotta get back home i've gotta get back home back home again in Indiana and it seems that I can see the gleaming candlelight still shining bright through the sycamores for me the new mown hay sends all its fragrance through the fields I used to roam and when I dream about the moonlight on the Wabash then I long for my Indiana home Back home again Home back in Indiana Oh, it seems that I can see See the gleaming candlelight Still shining bright in Indiana It's the Middle West, but we love it The moon shines the best above it We love it All the new moon hay sends fragrance Through the fields I used to roam And when I dream about the moonlight on the Wabash River then I long for my Indiana home, in Indiana, in Indiana, my home, in Indiana, my home, sweet home. Because I want to feel good for the show, and I want to feel all creepy, probably. Uh, yeah, that's how I would feel. <laughs> <laughs>